Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to the show. It's Chris Graham. I am joined by Jerry Ratcliffe, the Hall of Famer here on The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about uh, here in the midsummer as we're approaching July. Basketball news. Uh, we always have basketball news, it seems, Jerry, but some yeah. really big recruiting news this week, especially uh, we're recording this on Thursday. We're about 24 hours away from some potential big news for future recruiting for UVA basketball uh, with a, a, a potential recruit announcing tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Well, uh, Christian Bliss, from uh, uh, he goes to school in Pennsylvania, but he's from Queens, New York. And uh, he's a six-four, four-star point guard, and uh, visited Virginia last week. Visited Xavier right after that. He announced that he's going to make his college commitment tomorrow at five o'clock Eastern time. Um, I'm not sure what method he's going to use, but uh, I know Virginia people are, are very hopeful. He, he seems like a Virginia kid. He's down to Virginia, Miami, Villanova, and Xavier. And um, he's spoke, spoken highly of all four schools and a lot of things that he likes. So uh, the fact that he did visit last week and uh, – some of the things that he seems to be looking for are right up Virginia's alley. Uh, some of the Virginia's strengths, which is not only just player development on the basketball court, but in the classroom and as a person and in the weight room uh, are all very heavy um, factors. I think that, that helps Virginia in, in his recruitment. He seems like the perfect kind of kid to be uh, Virginia's next point guard. Your son, Scott, caught up with another uh, former uh, New York City point guard uh, who who did a thing or two at Virginia, Ty Jerome, Ty's in town. <laughs> Just a little Virginia. bit. Just a little bit. Uh, uh, Ty's in town for his uh, annual youth basketball camp at Alburn High School, and Scott caught up with him and talked with him about Christian Bliss. And so uh, Ty had – Ties apparently uh, had a chance to talk with with Bliss about Virginia. Yeah, uh, Scott went over there a couple, I guess, yesterday, and um, sat down with Ty. He's going to be writing a feature on Ty uh, soon as well. Um, but yeah, he, he asked because uh, Bliss had told uh, one of the national recruiting services earlier in the week that. He was very familiar with Ty Jerome because uh, Ty had played in the PSA Cardinals AAU team up in New York, the same team that Bliss is playing for now. So he's he's uh, known about Jerome for years. Uh, even though this this guy is is a high school. <laughs> A high school kid. He's his basketball knowledge goes way back. I, I think he was maybe starting at uh, Archbishop Malloy as a as a eighth or ninth grader, uh, which is Jim Laranega's old high school in New York City before he transferred to a, a private school in in Pennsylvania. I think outside of Philadelphia. But uh, so he, he he said he had uh, known about Jerome for a long time and that uh, maybe he had talked to him before. I, I'm not sure. But uh, Scott talked to Jerome yesterday and asked him specifically about Bliss. And uh, the whole story is on my website and I think yeah, I think your website as well. But uh, Jerome uh, said that he basically uh, – 
sat down with him and talked to him when he was on his official visit because Jerome was in town preparing for his camp. And uh, he said he told uh, Bliss, I quote, I can't think of a better place to come in somewhere and get better. You have a great strength coach. You have a great developmental staff. You have great coaches that pour into you every day. You have nutritionists. Uh, it's a great support system. Uh, so there's a great culture um, that he talked about uh, at Virginia for for Bliss. And I know he called Bliss's ear and uh, talked to him for, for quite a while about uh, – all the benefits of coming to Virginia. And Bliss said that he also, he and his family have talked to uh, Ryan Dunn and his family since uh, Dunn is from Long Island and Bliss grew up in Queens, as we said, and uh, their families have spent some time together. And so I would think Dunn would also speak very highly considering that when he committed to Virginia. They had no scholarships left, and he and his family wanted to come here so badly and play for Tony Bennett that he offered to walk on and his family pay for his first year, but a, a scholarship loosened up and they were able to present it to him. But I, I would think that both of those guys are giving you that kind of input into all the good things about developing as a player and a human being in Tony Bennett's system would would greatly help Virginia's chances of landing this kid tomorrow. You know, Ty and, and Ryan both were guys who looked like they might have been headed to Iona, uh, both yeah. in their different respective uh, recruiting. And Ty, of course, in the NBA now heading into his fifth season. And, you know, you've been talking, Jerry, about Ryan Dunn uh, and how the NBA loves him. ESPN had his first mock draft of the for the 2024 NBA draft out uh, a few days ago, I wrote about this on Augusta Free Press. Um, we we expected to see Reese Beekman's name uh, in that mock draft. He was he was listed 30th uh, at, at the end of the first round. Ryan Dunn 21st, and Ryan Dunn's projected first round draft pick. You've been saying for a few weeks about uh, NBA loving Ryan Dunn. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Dunn's getting the official love now uh, from the mock drafters of the world. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, a lot of people have compared him to uh, DeAndre Hunter, <clears throat> and uh, and, uh, and <laughs> he's apparently he's living up to it already. King uh, Rice was the first, if I remember, after the Monmouth yes. game earlier in the season last year. Yeah, well, even Tony and his staff had told him when they were recruiting him that yeah. he could be another DeAndre Hunter, and. Uh, I can't wait to see this kid play this year. We only saw the tip of the iceberg last season when he he slowly developed. He, he had a couple of big moments early, like you said, against King Rice's team, and, and King Rice just raved about him and made comparisons to DeAndre. And then uh, Dunn, you know, he, he uh, once they got into conference play, I think he, he – he probably didn't get quite as few minutes, and then he, they gave him another chance to show himself, and he really became a, a, a force down the uh, second half of the season, I guess, and just gave us glimpses of, of what he potentially could do for this basketball program. And uh, with Bigman coming back, and, and if he develops like he uh, is expected to and I've heard some really good things about Leon Bond um, bringing his game around. And with all the other pieces they've got, all this experience, and, and uh, McNeely probably taking his game to a, another level too. Uh, this should be a really fun basketball team to follow this year, Chris. Yeah, I, you know, I got a, an unofficial report from someone who, who glimpsed uh, the team in a summer workout not too long ago. Uh, the the uh, report was one done. Looks like he's put about 15 pounds of muscle on since the end of the season, which that's only three months ago. Oh. Um, so you think about how athletic he was last year, just a little stringy, you know, still. But remember when DeAndre Hunter showed up, he was a, a big skinny kid, too. And he eventually started looking by the time he was done. He looked like a, a linebacker. Um, 
And then also just overall, the general athleticism of this team from, from the report I got just, the, uh, you know, uh, Blake Buchanan looked pretty solid from what I was told uh, from, from the person glimpsing the, uh, the unofficial, the, uh, the, the summer workout uh, very mobile uh, for, for a big guy. Uh, Elijah Gertrude coming off that ACL injury, actually looking like he still, uh, still has some, some work to do, uh, rehab wise, but looking really good out there. Um, and just in general, I'm also hearing lots of good things about the, the team chemistry. It seems like, uh, this group feels like, uh, you know, they're going to come into the season a little more unified. Maybe there were some, some chemistry issues last year, but, but this group, uh, from all accounts, looks like it's a, a pretty tight knit group. Yeah, and that, and that's a good thing because bringing all these different pieces together from various colleges around the country through the portal, uh, adding a couple of freshmen, and giving Dunn and 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 Bond perhaps increased uh, roles or responsibility. Chemistry was the big question mark, or is the big question mark, and so to hear that they're already bonding and. Uh, coming together is very encouraging, I would think, for Wahoo Nation that uh, you and I have both agreed uh, several times, Chris, that this team could be better than last year's team, which, again, won the ACC regular season and probably uh, underachieved at the end with a couple of injury issues but um, and had – apparently some chemistry issues that didn't become public until after the season was over, but uh, those issues are, are gone. And and now this team, uh, it has tons of potential. I, who knows how far these guys can go if, if that chemistry does come together. And it sounds like it's well on its way to doing that. So we talked about a, a point guard recruiting target for 2024 in Christian Bliss. Uh, there's another point guard target in 2025's class, and he's got a local flavor. Yeah, this one uh, just kind of came out of the blue. Uh, I, I guess maybe some people were aware of it. I, I wasn't. Um, but uh, I know this kid's father. I, I've known him uh, since he was his father was a, a kid. Uh, Joe Mallory uh, is the father, and he was a former boxer, an amateur boxer, and was a pretty good one. Uh, but uh, he's raised three kids. I think he has two daughters that have played college sports. I think one's playing college sports now. But his son, Chance Mallory, is a five foot nine uh, point guard at St. Anne's Belfield, right here under our nose. And um, like you said, class of 2025, and he's already getting offers out to Kazoo. Uh, it's, a, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I'd heard that he was pretty good. I have not seen him play. My son has. And he averaged 18 points and five and a half assists and three, uh, 3.7 rebounds for the Saints uh, this past season. And Chris, he made Stabs varsity as a five foot one eighth grader and ended up starting by the end of the season. And uh, this past year, just to show you how he's developed, he had one game against Benedictine on the road and he scored 40 points, which is a school record, and also had uh, seven three pointers, also a school record in that game. And he's, uh, I think he plays for his dad's AAU team, Team Thrill. And um, I've been told that, you know, even though he, he's a small guard, he has great moves and driving, penetrating to the basket and is a great finisher. And, uh, I mean, he's already a four-star. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, he's had a ton of offers. Uh, Virginia is the latest, but he's also been offered by West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia Tech, VCU, uh, Ryan Odom's team, Seton Hall, Maryland, Butler, Central Florida, and Liberty. And I expect that list to grow significantly 
as we head toward basketball season. But uh, uh, he plays for Damon Altizer over there at St. Anne's, and Damon is, uh, is, has developed uh, that program into one of the best in the state. Uh, already put uh, some walk-ons in at Virginia and uh, developed the uh, Taylor kid, who's Justin Taylor, I believe, is, and uh, he's playing at Syracuse. Uh, was recruited by Jim Beheim. And uh, so he's coming out of a solid program uh, uh, with Jason Wilford's son. Uh, Austin, I believe is his name, is uh, a member, a teammate on that team and getting some college offers as well. And uh, Tony Bennett's own son played uh, for St. Anne's and Damon Altizer. So, uh a lot of basketball history linked up to Virginia right there. Looking at uh, the um, recruiting targets list on your website that your son Scott puts together, and uh, it's a great resource. I would recommend that uh, uh, our listeners out there, viewers on YouTube, uh, go to jerryradcliffe.com, click on the Chance Mallory story, click on the Christian Bliss story, and that that nice graphic there listing the 2024 offers, the 2025. There's even one kid in the 2026 class. Um, <laughs> man, I tell you what, they're offering them early. And that kid, this, the kid in the 2026 class is already 6'8". So, <laughs> um, yes. But uh, so a great rundown of the guys that uh, have been reached out to and offered by Tony Bennett and the staff and a uh, good rundown there from Scott on that. Um, so yeah, a lot of basketball news and two point guards in the, um, in the pipeline there that, uh, could, could, uh, be, be an important part of this Virginia program, uh, down the line. So, uh, let's see next up on the news, maybe Jerry, let's talk, uh, switch gears a, a big bit and go to golf. Uh, a couple of UVA alums making waves, uh, on the professional golf tours. Yeah, it was fun. If you're a Virginia golf fan, uh, following, some of these guys last weekend, uh, Denny McCarthy, who's been on our show and we'll have to have him on again soon. Uh, he's had a, a, an amazing spring early summer so far and, uh, lost in a playoff at Jack Jack's place at the Memorial up in Dublin, Ohio, a few weeks ago, uh, competed well in the U S open. Uh, and then at the travelers, championship up in Connecticut. Uh, he came within an inch of making history on a, an approach shot that almost went in. And that would have been for a 59. I think there's only been about a dozen guys that have made a 59 on tour. And uh, Denny played well throughout the weekend. He couldn't hold on to the lead, but he did finish in a tie for seventh. Uh, while Ben James, the Virginia's amazing freshman who kind of considers that his home course up there uh, didn't make the cut. He didn't play well, uh, but he, I'm sure uh, he learned a few things that will help him going forward. And then over on the corn Ferry tour, which is the, the, the level directly below the PGA tour, he had three Wah former Wahoos playing in that. Uh, the first day, Thomas Walsh, who was, ACC two-time player of the year uh, and has, has struggled uh, a little bit in his career. He's, he's had some ups and downs, but he was tied for third um, after the first day with a 765 and was only a stroke out of the lead. Uh, he couldn't hold on to that. He, he finished, uh, I think he dropped down into 60th place or something. And then Ben Coles, who uh, I think uh, – played with McCarthy at Virginia. They were teammates. And then uh, he was uh, he ended up in uh, around 40th, but he was in the top 10 for a while. But uh, Ben, uh, who I think rooms with M McCarthy whenever they're on the same tour together uh, on the road, he actually leads the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, is trying to hold on to that lead, which – I think would automatically give him a PGA tour card for next season. He has been on the tour before and uh, couldn't keep his card, but uh, it'd be nice to get him back up there. And then another guy who graduated in 2018 and uh, picked up a, a big fan base, Jimmy Stanger, a really, really good kid. 
uh, has struggled mightily. Uh, he's he's had good rounds, and then something would he would come up the last day and think that he might have a chance to win, and he would have a a disastrous hole that would knock him out of it, out of contention, or somebody else would just burn it up and shoot a sixty-two on the last day and beat him. Uh, Stanger won the tournament out in Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, he had uh, I think that was the eighth straight cut he had made this season. So he's he has jettisoned up into fifth place in the Corn Ferry Tour standings. And if he can hold on to that, I think he in, uh, earns a PGA card for next season as well. And Stanger, uh, it's a funny story. Uh, the, the last week, I guess, he was leading the tournament and hit his drive uh, a, an inch out of bounds and ended up with a, a quadruple bogey nine on the last hole and uh, that just uh, cost him big time. And so he, he's made a a habit of not watching the scoreboard the last few tournaments. And so he didn't realize he had won in Norman, Oklahoma this past uh, Sunday. Shot a collective 22 under par and birdied the last hole. And uh, when his two of his friends on the tour came up to him after – he walked off the green and started pouring bottles of water over his head to celebrate. He thought they were just trying to cool him down because it was like 110 degrees out there. And uh, they told him he had won, and he didn't believe them. He, he thought they were mess messing with him. And, but he uh, soon learned that he he won the uh, trophy. It was a nice trophy, Chris. It was like she was holding up uh, like a, a, a silver oil rig trophy. Yeah, yeah I'm seeing <laughs> um, it right now, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, kudos to him for uh, getting that monkey off his back and hopefully he can keep going and be a bunch of Wahoos on the PGA Tour next season instead of just uh, Denny by himself. Yeah, we've we've had Bowen Sargent on the show uh, in, in, in the yep. recent past. And, you know, uh, both the men's and women's golf uh, programs have been uh, having lots of success in recent years. And it's good to see, you know, so many so many of the uh, alums uh, making waves in the pro ranks as well. Yeah, you got to give uh, a lot of credit to one of my website sponsors, uh, the Boar's Head Inn and Birdwood Golf Course and UVA's uh, athletic board for uh, improving the facilities greatly out there. Uh, Birdwood uh, underwent a, a big renovation, as we know, a few years ago under um, Davis Love the third, and uh, Great golf course, and and uh, the, Virginia's built that really nice facility for the men and the women. Uh, it's a home for them right there at Birdwood, with practice facilities and uh, everything at their access. And I, I think that's helped their recruiting, helped Bowen and uh, the women's coach um, bring in better recruits, and, and it's showing. I mean they. They're both finishing well in the national tournament this year. Virginia's men uh, just coming off its best season ever. And the cool thing is they got four of their five starters back next year, including James, who a lot of people wondered, hey, he might turn pro after this year. And, and he probably could, but he uh, loves Virginia's program. He loves the coaches. Um, as you said, uh, Bowen Sargent and Dustin Graves, a Charlottesville guy who – played at Wake Forest and has come home um, and loves college golf. And so um, he's, I think he just signed a uh, NIL deal with Puma Golf, uh, I think is related to Cobra Golf. And uh, so he, I think he's got a nice little package there that may keep him at Virginia for all four years. And that would be a huge boost to Virginia's program because he was national freshman of the year, he won the Phil Mickelson award. And so uh, what a promising future he has, and that should help them attract uh, even a higher caliber of golfer to their program. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen barn. 
The barn has been family-owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big-time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat-screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA, excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Yeah, those... um. The, the golf programs uh, having success this year were a big part of, I mean, they, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to find it here. The men were fifth at the NCAA championships. Yep. Um, that was a big part of the uh, Learfield direct Florida nearly beat Florida. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and uh, the director's cup standings were finalized uh, and announced this week and uh, Virginia finishing fourth uh, in the uh, director's cup uh, tied for second best finish overall ever. Uh and um, that's you know, and, and leading the ACC, there were there were several teams from the ACC. Virginia was fourth. What was it? Uh, say, I got it here. Uh, Carolina was eighth. Duke was sixteenth. Florida State seventeenth. NC State nineteenth. Notre Dame twentieth. Uh, but uh, two national championships: one in men's tennis, one in uh, the women's swimming. Of course, three time now in a back to back to back national championships for the women's swimming team. And uh, but yeah, the golf was a important contributor to that so uh you know good good uh, good news across the programs for virginia athletics but uh uh some good news coming out of the golf as well yeah i mean that's a really big deal finishing that high in those standings that's um they've done well in in all those competitions and that just speaks so highly of the entire athletic program uh, which is something that uh, i think terry holland and, and then craig littlepage and and john oliver uh, really emphasized. I know uh, Little Page told me that he and Oliver sat down. I think his first year on the job when he succeeded Terry, and uh, they wanted to become the Stanford of the East in terms of the entire athletic program. And and wow, you know they've they they may have accomplished it. I mean they're they're so good in in just about every sport. If they can they can somehow find a way to get football back up to par. Uh, that would uh, mean a lot to the entire athletic program because we, as we know, that is the engine that drives the financial train. Yeah. But also, um, uh, it, it allows all these other programs to flourish and, and upgrade facilities and fund the athletes and all that stuff. So, uh, kudos to uh, Carla Williams for following up on on that and, and keeping this program as high on the board as it has been. Uh, some, uh, we'll talk some football and baseball news uh, as we start to, you know, when we get ready to wrap up the show, but I wanted to bring a couple other news bits in uh, from both of our websites. One, um, uh, softball. Uh, Joanna Harden was signed to a three-year contract extension through 2026. Uh, Virginia has struggled in softball. That's that's one of the sports that uh, is still working on its uh uh, way back up, but uh, two winning seasons, I guess, the last two years for Harden and the UVA softball team. So she's got three more years to work on that. She's been in Charlottesville for seven years, and um, uh, and so she's extended. And then I thought there was some interesting news, Jerry, I, and I didn't know this until I was uh, rooting around your website. Uh, a couple of additions for the UVA men's lacrosse team off the transfer portal. One, a uh, uh, Matthew D'Souza from Binghamton, a face-off standout. But then also, I, this is the one that intrigues me. Um, I've heard of Tufts uh, lacrosse at Division three level, very, very solid D3 program. And um, uh, one of their attackmen, Jack Boyden, who scored 290 points the last two years, is heading to Virginia. He'll play his fifth year at Virginia. And it'll be interesting to see how he can make the transition from D3 to D1. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling he'll make that pretty well. Um, I mean, he his numbers were incredible, as you mentioned. Uh, he, he 
scored 290 points in the last two years. He had 69 and, goals and 88 assists just last season. Yeah. He was Division Three National uh, Player of the, of the Year and uh, led the uh, Jumbos, cool nickname, uh, Tufts Jumbos, to the Division Three National Championship game. Um, and as we reported uh, some not long ago, um, uh, Sean uh, Kerwin, who was the offensive coordinator for Virginia, uh, was hired as the head coach at Dartmouth. And so Boyden will be coming in playing for a new offensive coordinator as I think associate head coach Kevin. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. That's C-A-S-S-E-S-E. Cassisi? Maybe we'll go with that for now, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was had been head coach at Lehigh for the past 16 years and will be uh, the offensive coordinator for Lars Tiffany. So uh, I have a feeling they really like this kid and uh, probably went after him to uh, when they decided to uh, open up his recruiting again. Uh, could be a strong addition. Uh, I think they've had a couple of additions. Uh, I know they also added uh, former Binghamton's faceoff uh, standout, uh, D'Souza, uh, as you said, Matthew D'Souza. So uh, probably two strong additions to uh, what should be another really good Lars Tiffany lacrosse team next season. Indeed, indeed. Just reloading, as as is usually the case for the uh, UVA lacrosse program. Yeah. Um, football recruiting news, Jerry, you had a lot of news this week on the recruiting trail. Uh, break some of that down for us. Yeah. Tony Elliott and his staff heated up. I think this is some of the better recruits that they've gotten commitments from. Um, I think some of these kids were, were fairly well, uh, fairly highly recruited. Uh, one of them, uh, Tristan Ward is a six, one wide receiver out of, uh, Deerfield, Massachusetts, um, and he visited in early June and it didn't take him long to commit. And uh, he was a wide receiver that uh, Pitts, uh, some of Pitts' staff went and visited him, and they were actually looking for some other players, but uh, they noticed this kid and and uh, went after him and tried to get him to visit. But I think Deerfield's uh, academic uh, calendar didn't fit with a, a, a visit to Pitt. I don't think he ever made it out to Pittsburgh, but he did able, was able to visit Virginia in uh, June 9th. Uh, I think he might have squeezed in a visit to Pitt later. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, offensive coordinator Frank Signetti up there at Pitt really wanted this kid. And he chose uh, Virginia over Pitt, uh, Boston College, Duke, and Colorado State. So uh, I, he's a, a pretty fast kid. He's got a four six nine in the forty. He's a versatile athlete. He's played uh, wide receiver, cornerback, running back, and quarterback. So uh, I think he's a good athlete. Uh, another kid they went they then they went to back to georgia they've got four commitments this year from georgia chris and uh we all know that that's been a pretty fertile recruiting around the last several years and if you're a, a top uh, i don't know top 100 100 and something recruit out of georgia you're, you're probably pretty decent this kid uh Keyshawn adams Six foot one ninety safety out of uh well this well actually this kid from Connecticut I, I'm excuse me on that uh, I've got him confused with another kid anyway this kid is from Old Farms Connecticut he's a six foot one ninety three star safety out of uh, that program up there he's uh, ranked n- the number ten recruit in the state of Connecticut and Virginia beat out Syracuse West Virginia. Um, Duke and UConn for this kid. He had some other offers too, from, I think from Syracuse. So uh, I think he's uh, he's the fourth defensive back Virginia has gotten a commitment uh, from so far. 
Uh, I think uh, he, he's pretty he's pretty strong candidate there. And then the kid I was talking about before uh, from Georgia, uh, from Fairburn, Fairburn, which is right outside of Atlanta, uh, is Kevin Gray. Kevin Gray, six one uh, one seventy cornerback from Creekside High School. He's a top one hundred player in Georgia. Um, which speaks highly. He's a three-star. He visited uh, a week before the other kid on June the 2nd. And, uh, again, he's the fourth defensive player, fourth player overall that from Georgia that Virginia has gotten a commitment from. All four of them are on the defensive side of the ball. So they got a safety in a corner and a wide receiver all there in, in one within two days. And uh, Gray, the – the kid, the corner, had a very impressive list of offers from uh, Missouri, Pitt, Kentucky, Louisville, Kansas, Memphis, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Colorado, Appalachian State, Boston College, Kentucky, Kansas, JMU, Indiana, Central Florida, South Florida, <laughs> UAB. So, uh, that's one of the more impressive uh, lists of schools of, of any of the guys Virginia's gotten commitments from so far this spring. So I think that gives Virginia around 10 or 11, maybe 12 commitments. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and check, but um, made a little noise. Uh, they had a couple of weekends where they brought in a lot of kids and then they had some in for their camps and it's paid some dividends for them already. So um as Tony Elliott tries to move this program along, he's getting a, uh, just about everybody he's gotten so far in this class is a three-star, which uh, some people say, well, they're not four or five stars. Well, you know, some of the best players that Virginia's ever signed are, are in college football, started out as three stars or two stars and just developed. So uh, you can't get too low on that. Um, so some, some good upbeat news for the football program. And, uh, you know, a lot of work in Georgia, you noted. Uh, and yeah. I'm just wondering how much of that is uh, one of our buddies, uh, Chris Slade, who's, uh, you know, of course, had that long tenure as a high school coach down in the Atlanta area. Uh, Chris, I would assume, has some has, has been having some success uh, back in his uh, old stomping grounds. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh... Coach Cox, the defensive backs coach, I think maybe was involved in in all these guys too. But uh, uh, I know one the one defensive end, the pass rusher they got a commitment from from Georgia, um, said he was directly influenced by Chris Slade, who he was aware of Chris's uh, pro career with the New England Patriots, and then uh, what he had done at Virginia back in the nineties when. He set the ACC quarterback sacks record, which Chris amazingly still stands. He, he's Chris Slade still is the all-time leading sacker in in ACC football history. So um, I, I don't know when the NCAA started keeping that stat. It wasn't until probably somewhere in the '80s, but uh, still quite a crown to have on your head after all these years for Chris Slade. And now some baseball news that also has impact on football. Uh, some good news for a couple of Virginia <laughs> baseball players, Griff O'Farrell and Jay Wolfolk, uh, being named to the uh, roster for the Team USA collegiate uh, summer team, national team, uh, which will play a pair of five-game series uh, against Chinese Taipei and Japan. Uh, in fact, they should be starting tomorrow, I think, if my uh, math on that's right. I think they go from June 30th to like July 13th or something like that. Uh, Wolfolk, uh, the, the, the news there that impacts football is uh, Jay Wolfolk, uh, is, was the backup quarterback the last two years. And of course he spent some time in the spring, uh, uh, in, in spring practice, trying to balance his baseball and, and football schedules. And he got some live reps and got a lot of mental reps, uh, in spring practice, uh, the battle with Tody Musket for the QB one job, uh, now that Brennan Armstrong has moved on. Um, but this would obviously keep him off. I know that the uh, football team is is uh, largely back on grounds, uh, summer school uh, in session, 
and uh, a number of the guys are back for summer workouts. Jay uh, is is applying his uh, trade as far as being a baseball player concerned. He's a p- projected top five round draft pick next season. He'll after his junior season be eligible for the major league baseball draft, and he's he's looking like a guy who'll go in a second or third round. Um, he looked really good. He had a couple of scoreless outings uh, in the um, Team USA's uh, intra-squad scrimmages and obviously made the team, so good for him there and uh, and good for Griffith Farrell as well. But as far as UVA football is concerned, that'll keep him away a little longer uh, heading into the start of training camp later next month. Yeah, that'll certainly delay uh, him working out with receivers and and. Uh, running backs in the summer when I know these guys get together and uh, I don't know, I'm not sure when their summer conditioning program begins, but uh, I know a lot of these guys get better and develop a strong bond with the receivers over the summer in individual or, or small group workouts. So I guess some seven on seven stuff or whatever. Um, so yeah, that, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts him moving forward. Uh, it's a lot to make up for only in training camp, but I'm not saying that he can't do that. He, I mean, he could come in and have an overwhelmingly good training camp because he's that good an athlete. But um, it, I guess it makes you wonder if he has a decision to make at some point, whether he just wants to play baseball or continue on and, and try to play both sports. It's very hard to do. and. Uh, very time demanding and very stressful on the body, I would think. But, uh, you know, I think you mentioned this last week, perhaps, that uh, after the College World Series was over and, and Wolf Oak didn't get a lot of action late in the in the postseason, um, that O'Connor, you know, said that Jay Wolf Oak really wasn't himself because, you know, having to split time between both sports during the entire spring. So probably takes a little bit away from both sports and and pro- prohibits him from being all he can be in both or, or either. So I, I don't know. Who, who knows? He, he, he might be the kind of kid that can pull it off. Uh, and he may at some point just say, hey, one of these sports is best for me and I'm going to devote all my time to it. But uh, only time will tell. It, it, it's hard to say. I was chatting uh, a few weeks ago with someone from um, uh, the athletics department about the quarterback situation at Virginia, and um, it, it was it was emphasized to me that Tony Elliott, of course, during spring practice, uh, you know, said repeatedly that uh, he was going to uh, wait to make a decision on the starting quarterback until training camp. It was it was uh, impressed upon me in that phone call a, a couple weeks ago that. Uh, it's likely going to be probably early in training camp, maybe in the first week or, or week and a half of training camp. Uh, and um, then, you know, I'm kind of reading tea leaves here, but the conversation then diverted to, well, if if Jay doesn't get the job, uh, you know, Coach Elliott's already thinking about ways he can still get him on the field. Because one thing Jay will tell you is that he's he's the fastest guy on the football team. <laughs> He'll tell you that. Uh and we saw we saw glimpses of that the last two years when he would get some wildcat plays, or uh, I think there was one drive last year at the end of the Illinois game where he uh, took over for Ar- uh, Brennan Armstrong when Armstrong got injured and uh, moved the offense with his feet a, a good bit in that game. Very fast young man, uh, and he, of course got the great arm as as a pitcher and quarterback. Uh, but uh, if he doesn't get the uh, QB one job, uh, expect to see if you know if he's part of the program. And I think there might be a question there. But uh, assume that he'll get some more Wildcat run, maybe even some packages kind of like were designed for Keaton Thompson, uh, who excelled for three years and came to Virginia as a quarterback from Mississippi State and eventually uh, played wide receiver for Virginia and played it very well, led the team in receptions the last couple of years. Uh, so if, if he's part of the program, they're going to figure a way to get him on the field because he's too good of an athlete not to be on the field. Yeah, well, one of the things I liked about Bronco when he was here was that even if a guy maybe wasn't starting at a particular position, if he was a a guy, an athlete who could contribute to the offense, uh, like Keaton Thompson, um, 
he found ways to to use them to Virginia's advantage. And uh, he said, "There, you're not doing me any good standing on the sideline holding a clipboard and you know writing down plays or whatever." But uh, I thought that was one of the downfalls of Virginia's offense last year is that they didn't give Keaton Thompson the ball nearly enough. Uh, I think he could have helped him a lot more than than he did. But, um, yeah, I would hope that if that's the case and and Wolfolk is not the starter, then they can find ways to use him uh, more than just maybe an occasional package. But uh, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but we did, we did hear Tony Elliott say, not this spring, but the previous spring, that when Jay Wolfolk ran the ball, in their scrimmage that he was quote electric and uh we've seen a little bit of that as you said uh from time to time during his brief career that he can really run with football and and i've always been uh someone who <laughs> enjoys and, and thinks it's a great benefit to have a running quarterback who can uh, i've seen so many of those guys make a difference i mean my goodness look at what Bryce Perkins did at Virginia with his ability to run the football. And then we saw that some with Brennan Armstrong when things broke down. Um, because the defense, there's no defenses really aren't set up to stop a running quarterback. So uh, I think that's a, particularly in college football, that's it's a strength. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, it, it's going to be, uh, I think one of the big things that Virginia fans will have their eyes on, and I know you and I will, once training camp starts in August, is that quarterback race and, and how well Wolfolk can adapt on the run, so to speak. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm looking at the roster right now, and I'm, and I'm thinking about how that previous regime, uh, you mentioned Bronco Mendenhall, but Robert Anai, the offensive coordinator, who's now at NC State with Brennan Armstrong, uh, how that group uh, recruited athletes at quarterback, even and we still have three guys, including uh, Jay Wolfolk, who was recorded uh, re- recruited by uh, the NI uh, offensive group, um, who are speedsters. So you, so you got Wolfolk, you got Delaney Crawford, uh, the young man sophomore from California, and then Davis Lane from Lynchburg. Lane was a 55 meters specialist uh, in, in track. He had the 15th fastest time in uh, his senior year high school a couple years ago in the country in the 55 meters. And then Crawford was a top 10 guy in the 100 meters out in California, very competitive uh, high school uh, track scene out there. So, you know, uh, makes me think of Jacob Rodriguez, who got some playing time. Uh, He was a quarterback, recruited as a quarterback of Virginia, ended up playing some running back and wide receiver uh, uh, his one year before he transferred out. Um, So, and we talked about Keaton Thompson. So, uh, they recruited some very athletic quarterback types who ended up getting on the field other ways. I'd love to see if if you know Crawford and Lane can't get in that quarterback mix. They're athletes. They're fast. You can't you can't you can't teach speed. Uh, either you have it or you don't. So you know, figure some other ways to get those guys on the field as well. Yeah, uh, Crawford uh, was claiming that he was the fastest guy on the team for a while there. I think I think he and someone else on the team. It wasn't Jay. Uh, had an unofficial race against each other to decide the argument. I can't remember who the other kid was, but I think I'm trying to test my memory here, and I don't, I don't think the details were were very revealing. But I, I think I think the other kid may have beaten Crawford by a, an itsy bitsy bit. I'm not sure, but anyway, he is a fast kid, and uh, it would be nice to see him at least find. Uh, if they could find a way to get him the ball in his hands and see if he can use that speed, particularly on the corners. Uh, yeah. Virginia needs to put some pressure on, on the edges, I think, and uh, open up their offense a little bit. Uh, well, certainly they, they got to do better than last year when they averaged 17 points a game. Is that that ain't going to beat anybody these days. No, <laughs> no, not, not the way college football scores these days. No way. Not, not in Xbox uh, football days uh, <laughs> where you got to score 30 or 40 to win. That's what that Anai group <laughs> That's did. That's not so, enough. <laughs> the the Anai group did so well. They just figured out ways to use guys. Uh, 
Uh, and there's there's guys there, so we'll we'll see if they can figure them out. Punt returns, kick returns uh, on the edge, slot receiver. There's lots of ways. Defensive, even on defense, put him a cornerback. Uh, who was the guy? Vic Hall, the the record setting quarterback at Gretna from yeah. back in the 2000s, recruited by the Al Grove Group. Uh, a little small, maybe to play quarterback. He was like five eight or five nine. So they played him at cornerback for four years. Got if you can put speed on the field, put speed on the field. Yeah, like you said, you can't coach speed, and the more of it you have, the better, I think. And that's something I think that has generally been lacking from Virginia's program, and something I know they're trying to improve. But um, they could sure use some of that. They sure could. Well, uh, we're not too far off from you know football practice. I know we we both got our. Uh, um, invitations to the ACC football kickoff next month in Charlotte. So that's like three weeks away, I think. Um, after that, practice starts uh, around the ACC and certainly in Charlottesville. So we're not that far away from from football getting teed up here. Um, I think we're like 65 days or something from the opening game. That's not, not too far away. That is not. No, baseball did a good job for us this year. Baseball kept us – occupied until late in the summer or you know late in the uh, i guess late spring early summer season so we didn't have as much time in between uh, actual sports uh, as we sometimes have uh thanks to Brian O'Connor and that group for for that um so Jerry I guess we're getting ready to wrap up here anything we haven't talked about what's anything else that's got your attention um i think i think probably the only other thing that deserves a mention is and i think you've got a story about him on your website today is uh Former Wahoo Andrew Abbott, uh, who's having a tearing up uh, start to his major league career with the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, he's—I think he's a former uh, USA baseball uh, alum that played for uh, Virginia and played on that, that USA team. And uh, what he's four and zero now, Chris. I believe four and zero when five stars, the one two one ERA. Scott German had a nice piece on his game. He beat the Orioles the other night, which was tough for Scott. Um, Scott's the biggest O's fan you'll ever meet in the world. <laughs> but then there he is, having to he's watching Andrew Abbott. Uh, you know, one of our guys. So, uh, but no, he he uh, in that game, I think Abbott gave up one run on two hits in six innings. He struck out eight, walked three. Um. And his ERA actually went up with those numbers. That's how good he's been pitching this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and the Reds run, they were uh, they were in fourth place, a half game out of last place in the NL Central when he got called up. Uh, he has, they've won all five of his starts. He's got four wins in those five starts, one no decision, a victory uh, for the team eventually over Colorado. Uh, but since he's been called up, they've gone from fourth place almost in last place to now being in first place in the NL Central. So he's an important part of uh, a young, uh, very rapidly improving team. Yeah, it's um, amazing what some of these additions to the Reds have done for that team. I mean, they shot up from worst to first, and uh, they're a force now to be reckoned with. So much talent. And, uh, I'm I'm happy for Andrew Rabbit. He's such a good kid. Uh, he's so much fun to work with when he was at Virginia. It's always another former uh, guest of the show, not too long ago. Yeah, uh, Halifax County boy. He was uh, just a delight to work with for from the media standpoint. And I have uh, to say, you mentioned Halifax County. The first time I heard his name was from our friend, the late great Tucker McLaughlin. Um, who yeah. uh, was raving about him when he was in high school, and he said, "I there's this kid. I tell you what, he's going to be in. He's going to be in Charlottesville. He's going to make a. He's going to. He's going to be a guy." And uh, Tucker Tucker uh, had a lot to say about a lot of things, but he was definitely right about that one. Yeah, Tucker uh, was spot on about Andrew, and uh, I, I miss that big guy to this uh, day. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe he's gone, but. Um, yeah, he was. He, he definitely had Andrew Abbott tabbed as a future star, and uh, Halifax County has produced some major league talent in the past, and so it's great to see that uh, Mr. Abbott is exceeding all expectations, perhaps even his own. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be fun to follow him the rest of this season and see if he can remain on the tear that he's on. But uh, wow, it's. Uh, We'll have to get him back on the show sometime now that he's hit the big time. 
Not sure if you've seen his mustache. My wife's not a big fan of the mustache. Other than that, she's she's a fan, but he's got this little it's 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 not fully grown in, you know. He's still a young guy, so uh <laughs> he's trying to grow a mustache and it's not working very well. Isn't that a requirement to being in the major leagues now is having some some kind of facial hair or at least hair down to your middle of your back or something, you know. You have to have something unusual. Yeah. Either <laughs> either weird facial hair, the long hair, curly hair. You have to have something, sideburns. I mean, or you know, Beard. yes, either you look like you came out of a 70s movie or uh Starsky and Hutch or uh, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh but no, it's great. It's great to see Andrew doing so well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Scott German had the piece on Augusta Free Press. Uh, we'll check that one out. It's still on the front page of the sports section there uh, on AFP. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on jerryratcliffe.com as well. Well, Jerry, I think it's probably time for us to thank the sponsors who helped make all this possible. Yeah. And before we go there, I'd like to thank uh, all of our readers uh, over the past and, and our listeners to the podcast with continues to grow we get great comments on that every week chris um this week is our fifth year anniversary at jerryrackliff.com it's hard to believe and wouldn't be here without chris graham and his wonderful wife crystal that helped us uh get our feet off the ground and uh uh thank you chris and 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 crystal and scott german that helped us uh and then your support staff over there that's done wonders to help us uh, grow. Uh, so appreciative of that because five years uh, ago this week, I didn't know where the hell I was going. <laughs> I wasn't sure after more than 40 years in the uh, newspaper business and all of a sudden that was gone and uh, I had a lot of paths I could have chosen. This is the one I chose. And uh, thank you all for keeping us alive for five years and hopefully we can keep going and keep growing. And um, uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors on the website and our podcast, and we hope to welcome more of you guys. We could use some more sponsorship and advertisers uh, to make us to keep us free. So uh, anyone that's a Wahoo fan or whatever can call up our website and enjoy the content. And um, the the advertisers here on the podcast exclusively are the Good Feet Store. Uh, Jonathan Cotton has been a great supporter. Uh, what a good man he is. He's not only a Crozet native and a, a Wahoo, but uh, he's just a good man in general. He supports all the right things, and I, I'm excited to see his company grow, the Good Feet Store. They're based in Richmond, but they have a great store right here in Charlottesville at Stonefield. I'm a customer, and I'm a, a happy customer. Uh they design special arches to help your feet, uh, to help you walk more comfortably or run more comfortably. And uh, uh, this week, Chris, I think they opened up a brand new store in Bristol. Uh, I think we mentioned last week that Joey Logano, Logano, Joey Logano. I'll get that right eventually. <laughs> uh, the NASCAR driver uh, was there for their grand opening. Apparently, they had tons of people show up. And I think they're opening a new store in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, this week, I believe. And uh, they're all over the Mid-Atlantic. I mean, they're the rage of the foot comfort world. So if you haven't been by their store in Stonefield, you really need to get over there and uh, they can help you. I, I Again, I can testify to that. Um, so thanks to Jonathan Cotton and the Good Feet store at Stonefield, uh, thanks to the Aberdeen Barn. After you've uh, eaten a great dinner there, you can uh, go walk off uh, some of those calories you put on <laughs> with your good feet arches. But uh, go see Angela and Terry, a great atmosphere, great food, great service there at the Aberdeen Barn. Convenient location right off of 29 down there. Uh, uh, at near the 250 exchange. Um, so uh, that's one of my favorite places in, in, in the world to eat. And also uh, the good people from Roback, uh, Charlottesville company that's uh, all over the country now. Uh, I played in the 
Virginia Sports Hall of Fame golf tournament over at uh, Stony Creek at Wintergreen last week, or maybe two weeks ago. And uh, Roback was everywhere. I saw all kinds of golfers wearing Roback shirts and hats. Uh, they're not only comfortable for golf or whatever outdoor activity you're participating in, but it's just great, uh, great uh, sportswear. You can wear it anywhere. Yeah, they have a women's line, and you need to go check that out on our website. I know many of you have. Uh, we've gotten some good feedback from Roback about uh, people ordering from their site, uh, off, off of our site. So uh, continue that on. You'll help Roback, and you'll help us and help us both grow. So it's nothing like seeing a Charlottesville company catch on fire and grow uh, around the country. So please uh, support all those people. and. Go to our website and support all those fine sponsors as well. We couldn't be out here doing all this if it wasn't for the sponsors. So thank them all. Well, you're like a NASCAR driver thanking all the sponsors <laughs> like that. All, all, the top of your head. With all their sponsors on it, like with NASCAR, right? <laughs> we need to work on that. Yeah. I can't, five years. That's, uh, you know, time really flies. I remember yeah. when we first sat down with Scott German. Uh, we were having uh, wings, I think, one day, just kind of throwing spitballs out there. What, BW3 what, in Waynesboro. That's right? right. Just what, what can be next for Jerry? And here we are five years later, and you're still uh, in, in, now now you're Hall of Fame Jerry Ratcliffe. Hall of Famer Jerry Ratcliffe. So uh, that's awesome to be a part. I'm humbly, and my wife and I are so happy to be able to just be a small part of what you guys are doing, you and your son Scott are doing over there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, we hope to keep going. So, but... Uh, thanks for everybody's uh, support. We appreciate it. Thanks to all the listeners, all the viewers on YouTube. Uh, again, go to jerryratcliffe.com. Go to augustafreepress.com for the latest UVA sports news and more. For Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Cram signing off. Have a great week, everybody.